You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Charles Hamaker here with Circling Seattle Sports on Converge Media. You can see similar to, oh God, when was that? Back in February when I was in Washington, D.C. for the NWSL Championship, we are doing the uh, the hotel recording uh, today as um, myself and Liv Lyons are on the Circling Seattle Sports and Converge Media spring training trip of 2023, as you can see the banner on your screen here. Um, We are on day... Day five, yes, day five. Day five of the trip, uh, early in the day, the Mariners had a tie. So it's, you can tell we're in spring training when the lovely ties come out. Um, five to five tie, nice nice day game at Peoria Sports Complex. I think it was a, it was a sellout. Yes, it was a sellout at the complex, 11,000, I believe, in 909 uh, was, was the number there. I'm getting off track. Um, but no, it was, it's been a really big week for our team as a whole, whether that's Liv and myself, uh, Bell Garcia and Matt Bermudez are actually at the, uh, or have been for the last few days, the uh, March Madness games uh, for the Seattle Regional that's taking place at Climate Pledge Arena. And that's been big. Caitlin Clark, Haley Van Lith, um, Georgia Moore. Uh, it's, it's been really fun to follow those games through Bell and through Matt um, and to see all that taking place. So we'll get through all of that as we always do, of course, but just. Yeah, we'll get to that. I don't want to get distracted. Uh, beginning with our Seahawks news, of course, the biggest news beginning this week um, with the Seahawks is obviously Bobby Wagner's return. Now, Bobby Wagner returned to the Seahawks on a one-year, $7 million deal. Uh, this was something that was on the wall. I know that we talked about it. The, the Seahawks had been in contact with him. Dallas had spoken with Wagner. I believe the Chargers were interested as well. Um, you know, a team record, eight All-Pro selections with Seattle, six first team, uh, the eight Pro Bowl eight times, all-decade team for the 2010s. I mean, we could go down the accolades list here for Bobby Wagner, um, but it just that was a move, obviously. If you have been watching the show since that move happened, you know, I remember hearing about that news uh, while I was waiting in the press box for a Sounders game to start last year. And I was just stunned by it because the Russell Wilson trade happened. And we expected that, right? We had expected that um, because there was the rumors about it. His agent, Mark Rogers, had talked about it and talked about his list of teams he'd want to be traded to, this, this, and that, you know, despite the fact that both general manager John Schneider, head coach Pete Carroll, and Russell Wilson himself all said he wouldn't go anywhere. Uh, he kind of had a feeling. This one with Wagner kind of blindsided me, you know? And, you know, the, the words about how, the team wanted to retool instead of rebuild. And the, the, the idea of a rebuild was something they were going to do. They wanted to win now. They ended up doing so. Um, but it's like, if you want to win now still, why are you getting rid of Bobby Wagner? Why would you release him without calling him? Why would you not want to restructure his deal and just cut him instead? Um, Bobby Wagner went on to sign, I believe it was a five-year, uh, five-year $50 million deal with the Rams. Um, and it was uh, the team 
Oh, that's the new one. Five-year, $50 million deal, $5 million signing bonus. Yep. So he signed that big deal with the Rams. It was a big shift. He got closer to home. It's like, okay, get to feel good for Bobby. Uh, Rams season didn't go as they had planned, and the, both sides decided to mutually uh, cut that off. You know, So, no, it's a big move. I think it's a great decision. Uh, it feels like a no-brainer. Seattle was in need of linebackers. Uh, Jordan Brooks is still going to be out for a decent amount of time as he continues to recovery from uh, the ACL injury he suffered late in the season. Cody Barton was not doing it. I don't care what anybody says. The, the Devin Bush deal and the Bobby Wagner signing are clear upgrades in that department at the linebacker spot. And then you get Jordan Brooks back at some point in time. Um, so in the one year, only $7 million, uh, the base salary of $4 million is pretty solid. Uh, so I don't see why people are complaining about it. I guess some people, because he's old because they don't like this idea of a sentimental signing. Bobby Wagner can still play. We saw that last season. It's not like Bobby was bad last season. So I like the move. I'm happy with it. It just seemed like it was it was set. I'm sure Bobby, as someone who represents himself, doesn't have an agent per se outside of himself, um, wanted to see what was out there uh, in terms of, again, I, I know that Dallas was interested. The Chargers uh, were someone that wanted to check in and just made the most sense to return to Seattle. So Glad to see that taking place. An interesting move that I didn't really see happening, but, you know, we talked last week heavily about how Seattle is revitalizing that defensive line, turning over that defensive line. Um, the team released Al Woods, um, parting ways with him, someone who's been a big part of that defense over the past two seasons. The, excuse me. Whoa, a 13-year veteran, played in Seattle early in his career, um, appearing in two games with the Hawks back in 2011, returning in the year 2019, uh, going away for a year, and then returning again for the 2021 and 22 season. So it's an interesting one because Al Woods was one of those guys that really was kind of a mainstay in the in the middle of that, that defensive line for the Seahawks. So to see him cut was a little bit interesting, um, but Seattle might be able to go fresher, newer. Draymond Jones, obviously, is someone you want there. You've got Jerron Reed. They've got the base in the draft that they want to address heavily on the defensive side of the ball in the first early few picks, few rounds, um, ideally, or that's kind of the presumed thing. Um, but it was kind of surprising. Al Woods has been effective. I know he's gotten good marks across um, the underlying stats of things, as well as I believe uh, there was an NFL PA poll where Al Woods was like number four on like one of the most uh, – it was, he ranked really highly among interior defensive linemen. So it was interesting to see that move take place. I'm sure Al will catch on somewhere else. Um, but yeah, this is all part, again, of the Seahawks continuing to reimagine that defensive line. So we'll move over here to the Mariner side of things, where, of course, we've got this spring training trip, uh, CSS and Converge Media down here with myself and Liv Lyons. We got in on late night on the 21st, more so around midnight, uh, and have been here ever since. Uh, the first game down in Peoria, uh, we went on the road for a game, and we've been in Peoria ever since. So why don't we get to those games themselves? Uh, March 20th, which was Monday, versus the Milwaukee Brewers. The Mariners won that one 7-2. Our player of the game infielder, Jose Caballero, one hit, two runs, and three RBIs. March 2nd versus the L.A. Dodgers. A 5-1 to one win. That was the first game that we witnessed um, here in Peoria. 
uh, our play of the game center fielder Julio Rodriguez, two hits, three and uh, three RBIs. March 23rd at the Cincinnati Reds. That was road game. And yes, the score you see on your screen is real. The Mariners won that one 17 to six. Our player of the game, uh, again, center fielder Julio Rodriguez, three hits, three runs, three RBIs, and a walk in that game in a massive game. Uh, it looked more like a football score than anything. Uh, March 24th versus the Oakland Athletics. We returned back to Peoria Sports Complex for that one. Our Mariners won that one 15-3. Our player of the game catcher, Cal Raleigh. Raleigh, two hits, three runs, and three RBIs on the day. And then interestingly enough, this late into spring training, again, this is the last week uh, we wrap up. Today, by the time that you're watching this, the last spring training game of the season for the Mariners has wrapped up. Uh, we go over here. The Mariners had a split squad game Saturday the 25th, which is really interesting. They typically don't do that this late into the spring, but I digress. Uh, March 25th at the San Francisco Giants over in Scottsdale, a 7-4 to loss. Our player of the game, outfielder Alberto Rodriguez, one hit, one run, and three RBIs. For one of, I believe, we live and I talked about it today. I believe there's four Rodriguez's in the Mariners organization, along with Julio and Edwin Rodriguez, um, as well as I believe there's a pitcher who's Jose Rodriguez. And then the other game that Liv and I were at back in Peoria Sports Complex on the 25th versus the Arizona Diamondbacks, a 4-1 to loss, our player of the game, infielder Jose Caballero, one hit, one RBI, and one walk. Caballero really kind of had his name hovering around these players of the game, and in these games he did make some notice. Um, we'll talk about that in a little bit. March 26th at the Padres, which was today's game, a 5-5 to tie, our player of the game, right fielder Teoscar Hernandez, Teo, one hit, and two RBIs. Um, we will now go through some pictures um, from those games here that Liv has captured. We've got Cal Raleigh here signing the ball. I really like this one. It's nice to get some of the uh, sort of personable shots. Maybe uh, that might not be the best word, but more so, you know, players interacting with fans. You know, this kid here, you can see the look on his face. He's obviously very excited to get that signature there from Cal, who's got his bag with him. Uh, we've got new addition Colton Wong here. Uh, you got the sunlight kind of beaming off of him there at the Peoria Sports Complex. You've got the nice uh, Mariners Northwest green jersey on that they've worn throughout the entirety of the spring. Then we've got here, this one's kind of a cool favorite. There's a detail in this that I didn't notice until it was mentioned to me by Liv. Now, you might have seen it immediately. Um, I got to admit, I'm not perfect. Uh, not all the time, at least. Um, <laughs> but you can see Teoscar Hernandez here celebrating that home run. Well, he had a home run in this game. Uh, I believe this was against the Reds in that big 17-6 game. And you see the bat kid is holding Teoscar's hand, interestingly enough. Now, um, Liv and I have no idea if Teoscar knows this kid, um, but it's still a really sweet moment. It was really something to see. Uh, again, I didn't even notice it until it was pointed out to me, interestingly enough. Now, that Reds game was very funny uh, for a multitude of reasons. Um, funny and unique uh, because you can see here Ty France, Ty France coming off the field. He's got these glasses on his head. Now, before the game started, Ty had made a trade uh, with this kid. He traded um, with a few kids, I believe, uh, some shoes, the kids' shoes, the kids' actual shoes, these these Nikes, um, shoes, these glasses, and cotton candy for baseballs, just baseballs, uh, I believe. I don't th think they were signed. Um, and <laughs> he, he had the glasses on his head there, 
and he took him out to the field and he warmed for the first inning defensively. Um, he eventually came back after the inning was over. Um, I guess the kid was uh, live live overheard the kid. You know, am I going to get my stuff back? Um, and Ben, who's the Mariners team photographer, said, "Don't worry, he's out in the field right now. He's going to come back. Just wait." Um, and uh, he did come back and he did he gave the stuff back, but he kept the cotton candy. And then uh, I guess Ty was like, "I don't really eat that cotton candy," and he gave it away to one of the uh, Mariners staff. So that was really cool to see. That was kind of funny to hear all that transpire. And then we've got Robbie Ray here, who pitched. Uh, Yesterday, yes, uh, yesterday in the game against the Diamondbacks, Ray with those nice cleats. I didn't even notice those cleats until later in his final outing um, of the spring there. Ray is slated to be the number two pitcher in the lineup. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's going to be Luis Castillo starting. Luis Castillo starting on opening day, of course, if you haven't heard that. Or, Boom. If you haven't followed us on social media, we posted that when that news dropped. So Castillo, Robbie Ray, Logan Gilbert, uh, Marco Gonzalez, and then George Kirby. Kirby is listed fifth on that rotation as to get him more rest days as he continues to get used to this uh, buildup and workload at the major league level. Um, so that's that's one of the best rotations in all of baseball, at least on paper. Obviously, we knock on wood, we've got to get through the regular season. Um, to see how it stacks up numerically and statistics wise. Um, but that's a really solid group. And you've got guys like Ray, like Castillo, who are established, uh, Kirby and Gilbert, younger guys who are continuing to build their game. Marco Gonzalez, who's a pretty solid, uh, reliable option, who I believe he led the team in quality starts last season, you know, who we've seen great flashes out of him. So that's a great starting rotation. And you've got guys like Bryce Miller knocking on the door. We're not quite there yet. Won't break the camp with team. Break the team. Nope. Try again. Break the camp with the team, um, but still working and, and, and can get here at some point in time. Um, so, and then before, uh, no, no, I'll leave that for injury news, but I, I skipped there. I want to get to, oh, well, there's another funny moment. Um, <laughs> one of the days, uh, Liv and I were on the back lots, uh, getting some content ready that you'll see here shortly, um, from spring training and, and Eugenio Suarez was coming off after doing some BP and, you know, just a joke with Gino, cause Gino's got this nice flow going with his hair. Um, I said, Hey Gino, can you give me some hair tips? I, I took off my hat um, to reveal the nice shiny dome here. And this is the response I got. Um, <laughs> if you can see the tweet there, Liv captured it. Um, it was, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Gino, Gino is a great guy to have around, you know, it, it's uh, it was a lot of fun it'll be a lot of fun um to uh see this team again in action uh this season so anyway we'll get to player of the week i kind of went from team stuff straight into it um i went with julio rodriguez julio's had some big games and he really does look ready uh for the regular season over the course of the four games played over the past week julio had seven hits four runs six rbis two walks on the day on the four games um 14 total bases in those games and one stolen base to account for that uh to add to that as well um we'll go over spring training here let's go over what we've seen um you know with coming into the spring training late 
well, not late per se, but this last inning of spring training, a lot of these, uh, a lot of the roster decisions have been made. Uh, we're getting down closer and closer to the official 26 man opening day roster. Again, this is the 26th. This is recording the night before uh, the, our Monday time, simply because the Mariners game is at 1210. And it's going to be hard to get all that sorted out with the game taking place. I know the games have been going quicker than normal, but we've gotten more content to build as well. Um, Monday, so it just wasn't viable to do Monday. Um, but no, there have been some interesting players that have stepped up. Jose Caballero has played pretty solidly. Um, it's been nice to see Jared Kelm, like we've talked about that for weeks, has been playing well. Um, Tom Murphy's looking good. It's good to see Murphy continuing to get healthy. Um, to think it, it's been fun also to see the the younger guys like today gabriel gonzalez uh made a great play uh, axel sanchez to see axel sanchez a younger mariner in the system getting in some play tyler locklear's got out there a little bit uh, a draft pick from 2022 so it's been interesting to see these younger guys as well because obviously we know the big name we know who rodriguez is going to be at there eugenio suarez cal raleigh you know um but to see the way that these guys all build up towards the season, like when they, we went to go and talk to Robbie Ray after his last uh, last start against the Diamondbacks there, last start of the spring, and George Kirby and Logan Gilbert were out playing basketball on a hoop with a mini basketball, of all things. So those guys are pretty tall, and then they give up mini basketball. Um, but just to see the way that spring training works, uh, one of the things that we're having worked on is a little walk through the facility to give you an idea of that. Um Peoria Sports Complex, that facility that uh, houses the Mariners and the Padres games throughout the course of the spring is a nice little spot. Um, and this nice area, this Peoria, it's obvious that they're putting an effort into making this an entertainment entertainment districts of sorts. Got a lot of food options around here. Tried in and out. I got some heat for it. Got some agreements um, on Twitter and Instagram about in and out. I just think it's 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 average. It's fine. It's not great. It's not the way that some people put it on a pedestal. It's fine. It's an average burger. I've had better burgers at different places. And I'm sorry. Have Leave your comments. Talk about it as you will. Um, it's, it's average. It's fine. You know, maybe if I was from California and it was a pride thing, I'd talk about it more. But I digress. No. See Colton Wong and talk to him about the defensive Um tunes he's made with Perry Hill to see Perry Hill in action um, and coaching up the infield guys. It's been, those are things that we might see some of that coaching stuff from Perry Hill throughout the course of the season, uh, pregame, you know, before gates open and such. Um, but this is, it's been a great experience to see all that and just to continue to get this stuff made um, that we're doing right now um, and get this experience because obviously with this Mariners team, you know, when the Mariners, even, even when they're not, but when the Mariners are clicking and they're winning and they're having fun, the city really gravitates towards them. You know, I always see Mariners stuff around everywhere. There's a ton of Mariners fans down here in Peoria. You know, even on the plane down here, there were a ton of Mariners fans at our gate and they got on our plane. And I'm sure it's going to be the same way when we leave. So it's it's been a lot of fun to see this and uh, really grateful for working with Converge on this. Um, and just going to work to continue to get these out. We've got a bunch of stuff planned. Got a couple, couple player features we're going to get out. Um, but just trying to get that all together uh, for you. So that's my ramble. We'll look at some injury related stuff um, on the twentieth. 
uh, there was a little scare last week. We talked about it. I was checking my phone as it happened because uh, there were some things with Jared Kalnick where people were a little bit of an overreaction. Uh, but on the 20th, uh, Tom Murphy, we found out he had been scratched from the lineup due to left forearm tightness. And Jared Kalnick left the game due to leg tightness, and there was nothing to worry about. I can confirm that because he's been out and about doing normal stuff in the games and playing in the games and been a full participant since that day. Uh, you can see the little scroll we've got here. J.P. Crawford, um, the game against the was it the, the, yes, the Diamondbacks, uh, was going to start that game. Uh, late scratch. It was like, oh, why is Mason McCoy going out there and assuming his role leading off in that shortstop? Uh, Mason McCoy is another guy uh, that I think might break camp with the team, considering the fact that Dylan Moore is injured. Um, they want probably another bench guy on the infield. Mike Ford is a guy some people wanted because his bat's been all right, uh, but he sent, was sent down to the minor league camp. Uh, Sam Haggerty's played well. Sam Haggerty has played well as well. Um, I'm really excited to see him this year being used as a Swift Army knife. But let's get back to JP. Um, he was scratched late. He had hit a ball off of his foot in batting practice before the game, uh, was able to go through the full workout still, but they decided the whole lot of him out of it, uh, out of that game as a, uh, precaution. And he hasn't been in the game since. And I don't imagine he will play, uh, today, the time that you're watching this, uh, just out of precaution. Why would you want to, you know, risk anything else? So that's your injury update. Nothing too serious. Like on what time and Estella was dealing with, uh, an arm thing, but he's been, he's been aging. So he hasn't been playing in the field as much necessarily. He did play today, um, at third base and he looked fine. Excuse me. So that's what we've got for injuries. Um, let's see. Oh, we do have roster moves. Yes. We have roster moves again, as we get towards that 26 man opening date lineup. Uh, so this is what we've got over the course of the past week, as we get closer and closer to an actual opening day. So, roster moves the only player that was optioned to an actual minor league affiliate was left-handed uh gabe spire so left-handed pitcher gabe spire was optioned to triple tacoma we got a bunch of players who were reassigned to the minor league camp now if you don't know the minor league camp is taking place down here in peoria at the mariners complex like there is the major league clubhouse down here in Peoria. And then just a few doors over is the minor league clubhouse where the other guys who are going to be uh, ideally with the other affiliates of the Mariners um, are going to go and head out. And they use the same fields and everything. Um, reassigned the minor league camp, catcher Jacob Nottingham uh, and Brian O'Keefe, infielder Jake Shiner, Mike Ford, as I mentioned. Jose Caballero was a guy that some people thought might make that opening day roster. He was reassigned to the minor league camp. Uh, infielder Colin Moran, he had kind of stuck around as well and played all right. Um, he's going to minor league camp. Then right, right-handed right pitchers, Riley O'Brien and Casey Sadler. Sadler, obviously someone who's building back um, from a season-ending injury last year after having a really solid 2021. Uh, left-handed pitcher Tommy Malone assigned to the minor league camp after signing a minor league deal back in December um, and coming to camp as a non-roster invitee. Then the following players were released. I was really hoping uh, we would might see Luis, uh, Luis Leonis Martin um, make a minor league roster, head down to Tacoma. Uh, he was released by the Mariners, and then today uh, they released outfielder Cole Calhoun. Uh, Calhoun had been around. I hadn't really noticed much from him, to be honest with you. Um, it was kind of sad because Leonis Martin had had a decent game um, 
in the game against the Dodgers, and I had wrote about that, and then he was released uh, following that. So that was kind of unfortunate. Um, and then kind of an interesting one, if you don't know about the Rule 5 draft, uh, the Rule 5 draft um, is you can kind of pick players from other teams around MLB that aren't necessarily as high priority as how as I would say it. Um, but if you don't use them enough or get them a contract, um, they can go back to the team that uh, you drafted them from. So right-handed pitcher Chris Clark returned to the Chicago Cubs. He was a Rule 5 draft pick. He had been in one of the games, but he hadn't really impressed too much, to be honest with you. Um, but yes, this is all building towards more and more of an opening day roster. We might see Casey Sadler up with the big league club at some point. Depending on in, uh, health and such, we might see Riley O'Brien, Jose Caballero, uh, Brian O'Keefe. Jacob Nottingham was a guy that the Mariners claimed off of waivers. He went back to uh, from to Milwaukee after coming from Milwaukee, and then he headed back to Milwaukee. Uh, he's a guy, you know, depending on health, of course, uh, at catcher, Maybe we'll see. I don't think so. Um, but again, these are guys that, you know, at least with the Rainiers roster, we might see at some point. Um, they just won't crack this opening day roster. So uh, that is it for the uh, Mariners team related news. Uh, we look forward here towards the rest of spring training. Uh, there's only one game left. There's only one game left in the rest of spring training. So I say that, but it's kind of a loose thing. Um, <laughs> where'd it go? So following today, um, today as in Monday, by the time you watch this, uh, right now, as of Sunday night, the Mariners did a 14 win, 12 loss, three tie record. Um, no division standing. I look at the standings as if we've got anything standings related. Um, following the March 27th game versus the Padres, which is a 12-10 p.m. first pitch, and uh, our final game that we've got in our CSS and Convergent Media spring training trip, uh, the Mariners will begin the regular season March 30th versus the Cleveland Guardians at 7-10 p.m. Pacific time. Then March 31st versus the Guardians at 7-10 p.m. Uh, April 1st versus the Guardians is a 6-40 p.m. start. And then April 2nd, to wrap things up on Sunday, is a 1-10 p.m. start. All of that opening weekend. It's a big opening weekend. There are giveaways. It's opening weekend, again, which is a big deal. Opening day has been talked about by many as being a national holiday, and it might as well be. So it's going to be really big. Uh, we're going to have interviews, uh, interview segments coming out in the following days uh, after this goes live with the respective players um, and, and some video content as well. So I hope that you're excited for that, uh, to see all that take place. So we move over here uh, to our storm segment. And while there isn't technically anything directly storm related, um, again, I want to shout out our, our team members, Bell Garcia and Matthew Bermudez, um, who are at the Seattle Regional at Climate Pledge Arena for the Women's March Madness Games uh, that have started uh, March 24th and will end tomorrow, uh, March 27th, uh, when I believe it's Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech, and, ooh, shoot, got to be honest with you, I'm not remembering the best right now. Um, but we'll go through some of these games here. I think it's Virginia Tech and Tennessee. No, they played Tennessee. I'm forgetting. I'm apologizing. Um, but Bell and Matt have done a great job. Bell's been writing uh, the game recaps uh, from the day. It's been two games each. 
the first few days. And then today, um, Louisville played Iowa. It was a great battle. Haley Van Lith from the state of Washington. Uh, Caitlin Clark, one of the best players in the country. And hopefully, you know, she is a storm player at some point. I don't know. We'll see if that's going to happen eventually. Uh, but some that was a great battle. I'm excited to see what Bell and Matt got from that game. But Bell, um, with Matt recording, has also been doing daily recaps of those games and the atmosphere there at Climate Pledge Arena for that. So, And they've been really well made. They've been really well made. Um, so they've been doing a really, really great job, and I'm very proud of them uh, for that. So we'll go through some of Matt's photos here. One of my favorites, because it's got Haley Van Lith, and you know I'm a sucker for the locals. We've got Haley Van Lith of Louisville trying to work off of a screen here against Ole Miss. Oh, yeah, no, so it's, yeah, that game isn't involved. Huh, I, I got to admit, I'm all frazzled. Um, we've got that. We've got Caitlin Clark here shooting a three, letting one fly. Um, and then another favorite here, Caitlin Clark. It's, it's, it's I mean, Caitlin Clark and Haley Van Lith was an excellent excellent uh that was a great battle but iowa just kind of pushed away she had a 40 point triple double uh she came the first player i believe in tournament history to have a 30 point triple double let alone a 40 point triple double uh so that was really impressive to see um and again really looking forward it's it's uh nighttime here on sunday uh to get the content that they made from that because that that was a great matchup to see um not necessarily in terms of like it being a tight game, but it was just a lot of fun to watch that game. I even saw Matt and our friend Kyan um, on the on the TV over here um, as that game was taking place nationally. So um, we're going to move over. Oops, we're going to move over to our Sounders here, uh, who headed on the road again. It's their second match on the road this season against Sporting Kansas City, and man, this was this was a wild one to see. Uh, was following along, um, following along with this match uh, after the Mariners game that day. Um, this was against the Diamondbacks. Yeah, this is after the Diamondbacks game. Um, and man, I mean, March 25th at Sporting Kansas City, just kept getting the notifications about it, trying to follow along with it. Uh, Jordan Norris had an incredible game. Uh, 9.7 match rating from foot mob four goals. I mean, four goals. I don't see why I don't give him a 10, but that's, that's just me. Uh, 90% passing percentage, four chances created and four shots. So efficient as he can be with the four goals there. It was the Jordan Morris show. And now this is something that, you know, with the, with the draw to LAFC and the narrow, narrow loss, you know, that was something that, uh, there had been a foul in the buildup to a goal that would have drawn things with uh, Cincinnati. Um, even the goal against against Cincinnati was a tough, you know. So those two matches, there were some overreactions. Like, oh, we might be slipping back into what, the form that we saw last season. That was that was a little much, you know. It's early season, trying to build things. Bear has been out after being a key contributor in the first two matches. Um, in this match against Sporting Kansas City, Seattle was down. Alex rolled on. There was no new who. Obed Vargas, uh, Reed Baker winning. Um, I think Javier Arriaga was out as well. And and um, 
grow our ideas. Those six that we mentioned last week, uh, potentially going into those national team camps, did all go into those national team camps. Um, and Seattle was out them. Seattle was out two of their uh, outside backs. Christian Roldan, funny enough, replaced his brother as the right outside back. Kellen Rose slotted in left. Um, and they did concede an early goal. The Sounders did allow allow an early goal. It was kind of an ugly one. It got torn apart in the sec in the defense, um, and then it was Jordan Morris um, on those four goals. And Leo Chu, uh, someone else who's drawn some scrutiny, assisted on all four of those goals. So it was it was quite the showing, you know. And again, we saw this in that match against Colorado a little bit. Um, not necessarily goal-wise, but that match against Real Salt Lake was also pretty dominant. Um, when it all, you know, you look at the underlying stuff and the, just even the basic statistics. So this was an incredible match to follow along with Jordan Morris and the great effort. I talked about it when uh, the news broke about his extension. I was going to wonder, hey, can he live up to this deal? This is a five-year extension. This is a lot of confidence after the injuries that he suffered and the rough form that he had to end the season. So far, I mean, leading the golden boot race, I'd say yes. Obviously, again, we are now five matches in, heading into six. There's 34, I believe, was the number I had. Um, so it's a long season. It's a long season. There's a lot to go. Um, but it's it looks good so far. You know, we've had some overreactions. Uh, there was one post from a certain Sounders some certain Sounders coverage that I, I uh, keep an eye on. Um, when Raul Radius was announced that he wasn't going to be ready uh, for the first match of the season, I was like, oh, I, I, I'm so mad at this team, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, he, he, you know, and the, the report had been that Raul might be back for week two or week three. And, and the guy was already essentially throwing the towel. I was like, hey, man, again, marathon, not a sprint. You know, we'll get a bear back. <laughs> which is insane. We'll get their back. You didn't have your starting outside backs. Uh, you had guys playing somewhat out of position um, in this match so that you could compensate for your outside backs and you still played really well. So long story short, I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it. It's early season, uh, the way that this club has been clicking, getting the contribution of Leo True assisting on all four goals is big for him, you know, because it's 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 been him trying to you trying to see that progression with him. Uh, Sota Kitahara participated in his first MLS match in this one. So that was congratulations uh, to Sota for that. Um, but to see that contribution, to see a guy like Jordan Morris, one of your you know better players has to be one of your better players show out like that, becoming the first player in Sanders history to score four goals. Extension well earned. So uh, we've got some other team related news on the 21st. We found out that the, tr um, the club made a trade with LA Galaxy, who is their opponent this upcoming week uh, for some general allocation money. Uh, Seattle traded, uh, well, no, Seattle acquired $75,000 in 2023 general allocation money uh, and the same amount, $75,000 in 2024 general allocation money from LA in exchange for a 2023 international roster slot. Uh, so the Galaxy acquired that slot. The move brings sales number of those roster spots um, slots for this year to four as the, the team continues throughout the season. They now have two open slots as they're using two already on Leo Chu and Yemar Gomez Andrade. 
Um, so that, and then officially six Sounders were called into international duty for the March window. Javier Arriaga knew who Alex uh, Roldan, Raul Roy Diaz, Reed Becker Whitting, and Obed Vargas. So we reported on that last week that that might happen, and it did. So we look ahead here. Uh, Seattle sits at a three win, one loss, one draw record. Uh, they're fourth in the league, fourth in the league for the uh, Supporter Shield and second in the Western Conference now. Uh, their next matchup, another key Western Conference matchup, April 1st at the Los Angeles Galaxy. That is a 4.30 p.m. Pacific time start. It will be on Apple TV's free version as well as on Fox. So if you're having trouble with this early season stuff, um, trying to get it all figured out where it's like it's on Fox, it's, it's on this, um, going to try to update that week by week so that people have an idea of where these matches are uh, so that when they go to watch them, uh, they get a better idea and they know where to look and they're not searching everywhere for it. Figure it's the least we can do, right? Um, we now move over to our Kraken, who it's kind of rough last week, uh, dropping some points, having some tough losses to Dallas in overtime. Uh, no, not overtime, uh, last week. Uh, to Dallas in a game that you just kind of let slip away. Edmonton, another game you let slip away. Um it was a rough week last week, but this week, so far, better. Uh, March 21st at the Dallas Stars. Liv and I actually watched this game in the airport. Seattle had a lead late. They blew it. They had to go overtime. Adam Larson, the big cat on the prowl. Nice, huge goal um, in that one in overtime to win it. Uh, that game, a 5-4 to four win, you can give Larson a uh, – give Give them half. They played the game there. We give the other half to Brandon Tanev. Tanev, three, uh, two goals, one assist, three points, a three plus minus, and two shots on the day. He had a, a game March 23rd. So they, they continued this road trip. They're currently on a four-game road trip. Um, the next game is actually Monday today, uh, about an hour actually after this episode has aired, and that might be right by the time we end. We're about at 37 minutes right now. Who knows? We're doing our best. we got to get you the news somehow. Um, March 23rd in the first of two games in three days in Nashville against the Predators, a team that is fighting every day for a wild card spot. Uh, the Kraken would lose that one two to one in the shootout. Nashville goaltender UC Saros had an excellent, excellent game. Um, but Seattle needs to be better when it comes to scoring. Um, they can't be so bad in the shootout. There were four games, um, uh, four shootouts this year. Um, so they collect the bonus point because they went to the overtime period, but they weren't able to get the extra one. Um, our player of the game goaltender, Joey Decord. Yes, Joey Decord's with the team, and we'll tell you why in a minute. Um, but Decord, 23 saves and a 958 save percentage. Like I said, Saros had a great game in net for Nashville, uh, but Decord had probably just as uh, important of a performance um for the kraken on the other side of the ice um sal just couldn't score enough for them they couldn't beat saros and when you're getting down the stretch here and every game and every point matters you need to be able to score a goal you have to find a way you have to get some grimy goals get in front of the net uh, you have to get contribution from up and down the lineup like you have all season i mean the only goal that Seattle scored in that loss was from daniel strong on that fourth line so got a contribution from him. Um, but anyway, so you lose that one, it's tough. You get the bonus point, that's valuable. We come back on March 25th at the Nashville Predators. 
This game was a tight one. I believe it was four to two going into the third period. So you had a nice lead. Seattle came out two goals in the opening period. Second period was eh, Nashville kind of gets back into it. Um, but then the third period, everything blows up. The Kraken score, uh, I don't know, might have been four to one actually going into the final period. Yeah, because Nashville scored the first goal um, in the third period, and then the Seattle rattled them off and won. As you can see on that score, seven to two, our player of the game for Jared McCann. Um, McCann, one goal, two assists, three points, a three plus minus, four shots, two hits, and two blocks. Another player of the game I want to shout out in that game was Ellie Tolvanen. Tolvanen had two goals in a revenge game against a team that placed him on waivers um, in a really solid effort. It was really great to see Tolvi um, have a great game against his former team and his former building. Um, our player of the week is Joey Decord. Now, again, I told you I'd tell you why he's up here, and I will still do that. Um, but we'll go over his play first. So he played in two games. He played um, in both of the games against uh, – shoot. Oh, no, he played in the Dallas game that they won in overtime, and he played in the game that they lost in the shutout. Um against the Predators in that first of the two. Uh, two games played, 48 total saves made of 53, a 905 save percentage, uh, one win, and one shootout loss. I mentioned the shootout loss because, again, they got to the shootout. A large part of that is because of Joey's play. Um, valuable points. And Joey Decord is someone who uh, spent a lot of time with the Checkers last year, did spend some time with the Kraken uh, last year, not a ton. Uh, mostly with the Coachella Valley Firebridge this year and has helped them get to one of the best spots in all of the AHL. Um, he came up in emergency, uh, in an emergency, uh, what's the word? Emergency capacity uh, as Philip Grubauer after the Edmonton game. Well, in the Edmonton game, he had to leave because of a non-COVID, non-COVID illness. Uh, it was initially ruled as a lower body injury uh, by PR, but then like 10 minutes later, PR said that it was a non-COVID illness, which is interesting enough. Um, he was dealing with that injury, that illness. He was still with the team on the road trip on uh, the games against Dallas and Nashville, but he obviously wasn't in goal. Um, and it's very interesting to me, though, that the team brought up the cord and didn't have Jones in. Um, I've been telling you guys about Jones. I told you last week. I told you in the articles. Just remember this. Just remember that. Um, but Decord came up, was a big help in those games. Um, and then because Grubauer came back and helped them win in that 7-2 to two game against Nashville, uh, because Decord was only up in an emergency, he had to be sent back down to Coachella Valley. So people were like, oh, why did he get sent down? I would have liked him to stay up with the roster instead of Martin Jones. I still think that's a decision that when Chris Trieger is ready, they'll get rid of Jones. Uh, so that's probably why that couldn't happen. But Joey played well. Joey played well in those two games. You know, watching those games against Dallas, against Nashville, the goals against in Dallas were tough. That one in Nashville, it's a tough situation to put him in, have to be able to score more for him in that game. Uh, Decord played well. Really liked what I saw from him. Uh, but Gubauer's back, and he's your starter. He's your clear starter. He has been for the most part um, – since the calendar year of 2023 has been happening. So, um, yeah, that is why the, the core situations take place uh, and that's what, what's going on currently. So something my friend Nick has pointed out is we've got this magic number, right? And the Mariners had that magic number 
uh, with the postseason where every win or loss to other teams that were in the wildcard race took place, uh, Seattle would get closer and closer to that playoff berth. Now we've got the same thing going on um, with the Kraken. They've got their magic number is 13. Every point that they get, whether it's a point in an overtime loss or two points per win, helps lower that number. Now, Nashville, every game that Nashville loses um, or every point that they lose out on, whether that's they get a point in overtime or they just lose. Uh, so if they lose, take two points off that magic number. If they get an overtime point, take a point off that uh, magic number. If you see what I'm getting at. So Nashville, we have to I feel bad because I don't necessarily hate the Predators. I don't necessarily like them. UC Saros is cool, right? Um, Roman Yossi's been okay, right? They gave us Ellie Tolvin in for nothing. So, But until that magic number is zero and these guys have clinched a playoff berth, we have to be Nashville Predators haters. I'm sorry. It's nothing personal. I don't have any vendetta against the Nashville Predators. We just need them to lose. So... Here, well, I'll try to explain this again. And I'm no great statistician, so don't act like I am. Every game that Nashville loses, flat out loses, regulation loss, take two numbers off of that 13, okay? This is the 26th. Yes, the 26th, so that number is 13. An overtime loss, take one point off of that magic number. So if they lose in overtime and if they lost tomorrow, they don't play tomorrow, but if they lost tomorrow, it would be uh, – in regulation, it would be 11. If they lost a overtime game, it would be 12 because they took a point off. See I'm going here? If the Kraken beat the Wild tomorrow, that magic number goes down to 11. If they go to overtime and lose, it goes down to 12. You see where I'm going, right? And they're not mutually exclusive. We're not just following one. We're following both. So if there's a night where the Kraken win and the Predators lose, that's a four-point swing. It's a big night. So we have to be Predators haters for, for this time. Sorry, nothing against Nashville. That's just how it is right now. Um, I hope that made sense. I'm sorry. I don't want to sound like I'm explaining anything. I'm not the greatest analyst. I'm not going to claim I am, but that's what we have to look forward to right now. Um, I had a buddy after the – well, not a buddy. He's not really a buddy. He's kind of like just a guy that follows me on Twitter. Um after the overtime loss in Nashville, it was like, oh, uh, these guys aren't in a good way right now. Uh, baseball season soon. I'm like, hey, man, these guys are still very much in the hunt for a playoff, a playoff spot. You know, why why are we switching ahead to baseball? I love baseball. I love my Mariners. Everybody knows that. But these guys have been great for the majority of the season they've worked really hard and they have a real chance to get in here in their second year as a franchise there's still so much exciting to think about with this franchise whether it's prospects um andre burakovsky coming back you know getting guys to full health uh maddie Beniers' growth you know whether that's guys like shane wright um jacob melanson david goyette ty nelson kyle jackson Riker evans um who else should i mention there are a lot of we well again follow us on the social medias um because we keep you updated every monday with the prospect check-in um with some of those names but you know 
there's a lot to look forward to with this franchise. And there was a lot of comments about when they were struggling that if they don't make the playoffs this season because of how close they've gotten, it's just, it's a failure. I don't buy into that. I think that's a bunch of insert a bad word, right? But we don't have to worry about that right now. Zub, zub. In control of their own destiny. Why is there water? Oh boy. Um, they are in control of their own destiny and they very well could make the playoffs. So again, be Nashville haters. And obviously maybe cracking to win these games. Anyway, we're going to get to injury news now. I'm going to stop ranting. Um, March 21st, forward John Hayden officially had successful surgery to address a lower body injury. He is expected to make a full recovery with an approximate recovery timeline of 12 weeks, a.k.a. three months. That takes him out of the season. He is going to be out for the rest of the season. So there is your update on John Hayden. If you haven't gotten it, after his fight with Clem Costin in the game against the Oilers that we showcased last week, we showcased some of the Lions photos from that fight. Uh, he went down awkward. I think Costin actually landed on him uh, and he limped to the back, uh, the back, aka being the locker room. And we didn't see him since. And then we found out on the 21st that he's out. So there is that John Hayden. He'd played well in the time he had been up here in the, with the crack. And I liked what I saw from John Hayden. He had some solid scoring opportunities. This game, this photo uh, is against the, uh, the avalanche. He had three solid scoring opportunities against the avalanche. He brought a physical aspect to the game. Uh, was a nice physical guy laying hits, uh, laid a fight down, obviously uh, kind of had a reputation for that. Um, before coming to Seattle. So it, it, it sucks. It sucks to see any injury take a guy out of playing time, um, especially a guy who had been getting shots up here with with the big team. So um, that's that. The big news on the 20th, the team signed defenseman Vile Otavainen to a two-way three-year contract worth $775,000 annually. This is, again, I talk about the future of this franchise. Uh, the team felt confident enough to sign the defenseman to a three-year deal and begin that ELC. Odovainen has spent the 2022-23 season playing for JYP of Liga, which is the top men's professional league in Finland. Uh, he has totaled 16, goal, uh, 16 points, 5 goals, 11 assists, and 54 regular season games, both career highs in goals and assists. He ranks third amongst his team's defensemen in scoring, and his 5 goals and 11 assists tied for second and ranked third, respectfully, amongst JYP Blue Liners, despite ranking only fifth among those players in time on ice. He's a nice nice big frame here, 6'5", 210 pounds, 33 points, uh, 12 goals, and 21 assists in 130 games with JYP at the legal level, while also spending time with the organization's U20 and U18, team, U18 teams. He totaled 16 points, 8 goals, 8 assists in 16 games at the U-20 level and 35 points, 10 goals, and 25 assists in 51 games at the U-18 level. Um, It's interesting to see that signing happen now, Um, but obviously the franchise liked what they saw from Otavainen. Uh, He begins his ELC, I believe, from what I've understood, is that he will probably spend some time down with Coachella Valley after this season. Um, so that'll be, I could have gotten that wrong. I could have gotten that wrong. So please don't prosecute me for that. Um, but it's interesting to see the organization make that move now. So, uh, and then of course we talked about it on the 25th, uh, the other roster move that took place was uh, goalie Joey Decord was reassigned to the Coachella Valley Firebirds as we mentioned, because of that emergency capacity. Um, 
So we move over here. The Kraken have a 40-win, 24-loss, 8-overtime-loss record. Uh, they sit at fourth in the Pacific Division with 88 points. That's good for the uh, first wildcard spot in the Western Conference, and they are currently three points ahead of the Winnipeg Jets for that top spot in the wildcard race. Be nice to keep that. Uh, I don't want to get into seating now. The main thing with this franchise, with them being an expansion team and being only in their second season, um, is to get into the playoffs. I really don't care what happens from there. Excuse me. So we look ahead here for our Kraken with that 40 win, 24 loss, 8 overtime loss record. Miss later today. March 27th at the Minnesota Wild, a 5 p.m. Pacific time puck drop. Minnesota's been a solid team all season long, so that will be no cakewalk by any means necessary. Uh, March 30th versus the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, this back at home is a 7 p.m. start that happens to clash with opening day, which is unfortunate uh, because the Kraken are giving away Jordan Everly bobbleheads. Uh, that'll be a big day. And then April 1st versus the LA Kings, 7 p.m. Pacific time. That's another big game. Um, oops, we've got some my style stuff. So if we're struggling here, folks. I apologize. Hope you can hear me. Um, oh, got to sneeze. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, I think the Wi-Fi is better. Um, that's a big one because LA has, in the second half of the season, found a second gear and have just been going crazy. They had a they built a four to one lead against the St. Louis blues uh, in the first period today on Sunday against, yeah, against the blues. And they had to stave them off in a seven to six win. So there might still be some holes with the Kings, but uh, we won't get into that. We move over to out Ola rain here, who here we'll do this. Oop. Um, Arain played, uh, they opened their regular season. You know, we've been building up with the preseason tournament, uh, the club friendly a few weeks ago, uh, Arain Media Day. We've been building and building and building to this. March 26th, opening match on the road, unfortunately. The first two matches are on the road. March 26th at the Washington Spirit. Um, a loss to begin the season, 0-1 loss. Um, this game was tough. This was game... Uh, there were three games taking place today during the Mariners game that we were at down here in Peoria. Uh, the Rain, the Mariners, and the Seawolves. Uh, only one win came out of that. Uh, one win, the Seawolves, uh, a loss in the Rain, and a tie in the Mariners. Very, very odd. Um, our player of the game forward, Ziara King. Z had a 7.5 match rating, which was the highest for the Rain. Uh, three chances created and only one shot. Now, this was a tough one uh, just from following along with it. It's tough to begin the season. Tough to begin the season with a loss anyway. Um, but just from what I understand is that the rain had their chances and they just couldn't finish them. Um, Going to hope the Wi-Fi is doing better here. Uh, from what I can understand and following along with the matches that Jordan Heidema had some chances, just had to be better about burying them. It has to be better about burying them going forward if this club is going to be better. There was no Megan Rapino. We'll get to the injury report in a second here. No Megan Rapino. Uh, and no Quinn. I don't believe Quinn ever inserted into the match. Um, just weren't able to finish. You know, uh, if we look here at the statistics from the match to go into shots and such, uh, 
the rain did have more possession. They had more shots. They had more big chances. They had four big chances um, to the Washington zero. And they missed all of them. So, it, again, finishing chances, that was an issue that the rain had last season. And if they want to defend their NWSL shield, um, win an NWSL title that they haven't done in their existence, um, they have to be better about finishing those chances. Um, 72% passing fine. They committed less fouls. They were off sides more. They did have two corners. Um, 12 shots inside the box. You have to be better than that. Um, one more tackles, had more interceptions, tied for blocks, had less clearances. Um, lost more duels. And Spirit had three yellow cards. Seems like a missed opportunity for what I can gather. Again, I want to apologize. I can't give you the best analysis of that match and the best instances just because I wasn't able to watch that um, being in Peoria here. Um, but again, what I can gather from the statistics and checking in with those who um, I know uh, usually who cover the team, got to be better about finishing your chances. That is a big missed opportunity. You know, I know that there's been some talk apparently about the spirit being a team that's on the down. They've played the rain really tough the last few years and that continued this year, you know? So uh, very unfortunate. You miss out on the points. You begin the year 0-1. Uh, it's fine. It's a long season. So I'm not entirely worried about it. And you were entirely healthy. We'll get to the injury report against the spirit. Uh, Angelina continues to remain out as she continues to rehab back from that season ending injury. I know that uh, head coach Laura Harvey said that Angelina has begun participating in uh, team activity. So that's a big deal since we've seen her in uh, training that's been available to the media. She's been practicing alone. Uh, so to get her back involved with the team and get those drills taking place for her and her rehab, that's a great step to see. That's great to see her. She's really somebody that can be a little bit of a Swiss Army knife as well, a little bit. I'm not going to put all that on her and all that pressure, um, but she's a really valuable spot in the midfield and part of that depth that this club has. Uh, Ford Megan Rapino was out with a calf injury. Uh, defender Phoebe McLaren was out with a back injury. So that back injuries are never good. Uh, and then Quinn, they were listed as questionable uh, in this match due to a lower body injury. So um don't believe Quinn actually subbed on in this one. I want to be, let me be sure. Nope. Nope. Doesn't even have them listed on this one. Nope. Very interesting. Oh, and they played a 1 3 2 4. Huh. 4 2 3 1. Whatever. Um, so, yeah, just tough to have that missed opportunity to miss out in points, um, you know, no, with clubs around the league you know, being pretty solid. There should be some really solid parity this season. So um, we'll move over here to some club-related news, and there was some decent club-related news here. On the 24th, the club loan defender, Jimena Lopez, uh, for an agreed-upon loan fee to UMS Sel UMF Selfos um, in the Yervasal Yervals Field, Kivena. It's the top tier women's football league in Iceland, uh, and she will be on loan through June of this season. I apologize if I butchered that. Um, not the greatest with Icelandic, um, but she'll, that's nice to see him in Lopez. I mean, with the depth of this club, you're probably going to get some of these players loaned out when 
someone's going to have to make room when Angelina's back. Um, so that'll be interesting to note. Uh, the Mexico City native signed a three-year contract uh, with an additional one-year option. Uh, she's appeared in nine early season matches for the Reign across two seasons, including four starts in those. Uh, she's tallied 12 clearances, 12 interceptions, and eight tackles won across those inter- uh, regular season appearances. Uh, she appeared in four Challenge Cup matches for the Reign, including uh, uh, nine clearances and registering one shot on target in those matches. Uh, she helped uh, with a – oh, no – she had a standout performance in the 2022 edition of the Women's Cup as she assisted, assisted on Jordan Heitema's game-winning goal. Uh, so, you know, yeah, with the depth uh, that this club has, especially in the defensive side of things, uh, bringing in Emily Sonnet, when you've already got that back line of Huerta, Sam Hyatt, Alana Cook, Lou Barnes, um, having Emily Sonnet, having McLaren, who was out in this one, um, this other signing that we'll talk about here next, uh, it's going to be tough to get playing time. And Harvey said it best uh, with her stage of the development side of things. It's best to get her games now, and she's not going to get that here. So we move on to other club-related news. On the 25th, the club signed Shea Holmes. So they signed their first draft pick from this season to a one-year deal with a one-year option. The Reign acquired her after trading up for the 19th overall pick in the second round. Uh, 19th overall pick, which is in the second round, I apologize. Of this past year's draft, uh, they again the 23-year-old out of the University of Washington was the club's first choice. She appeared in the club's international friendly against Club America on the 25th of February and later started in the club's second match of the preseason tournament in Portland uh, when they face off against Racing Louisville FC. She had a left-footed defender starting at 32 of 44 games played at the University of Washington and was an integral part of the squad, adding two goals and seven assists. As a graduate student in 2022, Holmes started all 19 matches and was selected to the All-Pac-12 second team after helping the Huskies earn five clean sheets on the season. We talked about this when the draft happened and through the course of the preseason. Uh, ooh, I apologize. We'll get this focused. I'm, I'm white, but I'm not that white. I'm only half, half Filipino. Um, it's great to see locals around. Uh, and it just makes sense that... Um, she would be signed. I know that with the news of the regular season roster dropping, that Natalie Vigiano is playing through. Uh, she's not been signed yet, I don't believe. Um, you know, there hasn't been news of it. Um, but she is still participating with the club through her CBA agreement, through the CBA agreement. So there's a certain period of time that she can't participate with the club still. Um, in league-related news, on the 24th of March, Matt Stafford joined the Angel City firm. The Los Angeles Rams quarterback uh, is joining the expanding list of investors behind the club, which is it's cool to see that support. You'd like to see it for more clubs around the league. Uh, but Angel City certainly has a star-studded list of investors, so that's good to see uh, for that club. So, yeah, yeah. For our reign, uh, who set at a zero win, one loss, one uh, no-draw record, uh, it's good for 11th in the league table because, you know, week one, uh, one loss and no anything else. Not gonna be. Looking ahead again, two game road trip to begin the season. This next one is against New York, New Jersey, Gotham on April 1st with a start time of 4.30 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, that match will be streamed on Paramount Plus. Uh, so you'll want to be. Uh, have a Paramount, Paramount Plus account for that. We might try... 
to keep you updated on that. But that's during opening weekend, and that might be tough. So we'll see on that. Um, we move over to our Seattle Seawolves here, who had an interesting situation in their game uh, as they played the Chicago Hounds, the newest expansion playing team in the Major League Rugby League um, on the 26th. So we'll get to that. Uh, Seattle would win that one 27 to 5. Our player of the game, fly half, AJ Alatimu. Alatimu, again, I want to mention last year's leading scorer in the MLR, uh, 12 points on the night. Uh, on the day, it was a day game. Uh, two penalty goal kicks and two and three conversion kicks. Now this was a game. Seattle romped out to a lead uh, at halftime, twenty-seven to five, um, and then a storm actually postponed the match, and then they just called it off. So the Seawolves get their fifth win on the season. With that one against Chicago, um, they had tries from Tibeti Lopetti, Rickard Hadding, and Ina Futi to get out to that lead. Alatimu, again, wonderful with the kicking, and they only allowed the one try to Chicago, and they couldn't complete the conversion. They looked dominant again. Chicago struggled to begin the season. I don't know if they've won the match. We'll look that up here. But yeah, from what I've again following along as that match was taking place at the same time as the rain match and the Mariners match, Mariners match. The Mariners game as I'm down here in Peoria right now, so doing my best to keep up on that. Um, just seems like the Seawolves were rolling. Uh, Chicago's won one game. One one win, four losses, and negative 40-point differential. Uh, not of the greatest. And only 10 tries scored, which is good for only second in the league uh, in front of the Toronto Arrows, who are sixth and dead last in the Eastern Conference. So, Another solid win. The Seals continue to ramp, uh, to romp along. They continue to look good. Uh, best thing is to keep this going. Obviously, you know, uh, best start in franchise history uh, to begin the season. So, yeah, really happy with it. And I hope that they can continue to keep that rolling. Um, they have a decent matchup next week when they play the Nola Gold on the road. So they continue on the road. Uh, they sit at a 5-0 and record, as I mentioned. Um 21 standings points. So after having a bye week, ah. return, have a great week, have a great outing. Um, again, cut short due to the uh, cut short of the halftime due to that storm that I mentioned. Um, oops, no, though, are we still here? Oh, we're still here. Okay, good. Um, sorry, trying to pull up the schedule here. It's not working. We're not going to worry about that. They said first in the league, standings points-wise, and first in the Western Conference, obviously. Their next match, uh, April 2nd at the NOLA Gold, is a 12 p.m. start. So a noon match um, in New Orleans for the Seawolves as they look to continue that really hot streak to begin the season. We move over now to our Seattle Sea Dragons, talk about uh, red hot and trying to keep things going. We talked to you last week. Uh, want to try to keep the turnovers down, but they continue to play well and they've started to find a stride. And again, we argued that they could be undefeated to this point if they had cleaned some things up in the first two weeks. Um, Seattle headed out on the road. I believe they, no, headed out on the road after their win against the Houston Roughnecks, um, against the Orlando Guardians, and it would beat them 26 to 19. Our player of the game, Blake Jackson, six receptions, 79 yards, and a touchdown. Um, following along with this one, the Guardians, Guardians, the Sea Dragons, actually uh, were down at the half, nine to 10. We were able to pull away late. Ben Danucci 
did have an interception in this game, two touchdowns and an interception through the air for him. Uh, Seattle was down to a couple other running backs. They didn't have Brendan Knox or Morgan Ellison in this one. Uh, unfortunately, again, Morgan Ellison had been the leading rusher in uh, all of the XFL, but with the passing game that Seattle had, they were able to prevail from that and uh, take advantage of those pass catchers. You know, we've talked about over the last few weeks, players of the game in this segment, and we've gone Josh Gordon, uh, Jordan Vesey might have been in there um, against St. Louis, Jordan Vesey, um, and Shakur Pearson, who has led the league in multiple receiving sets. So that, there are four guys that we've been able to point to and say that they've contributed to the offensive output um, nearly every week for the Sea Dragons. Um, Again, with the uh, interception that Danucci threw, still could work on that, still can get better about turnovers. Uh, but ultimately, you've won four straight. You seem to be clicking things. And again, if you can clean up that turnover aspect of things, you, you could be looking a lot better. So that was nice to see. They're four and two on the season. But because um, I think it's because St. Louis won their game as well um, in the XFL North. Seattle sits at third place in the division still. If they had lost and Seattle had won, we would have went up there. Not what happened, unfortunately. So Seattle still sits at third in the division. Their next game is March 31st at the Arlington Renegades. That's a 4 p.m. Pacific time start. If you want to watch that game when that takes place on the 31st, that's going to be on FX and ESPN+. And if you've got ESPN+, you can watch those games back after they have taken place. So... Uh, no Seattle Orcas news this week. No Seattle Sonics news, of course, uh, unfortunately. And we get over here to our Seattle Stars of the Week. And I say stars because uh, this is going out to a special group of folks. I want to highlight the rest of the, the the group of our team that you might see the most. We've got other folks uh, behind the cameras. Um, uh, Omi Salisbury, uh, Bennett Buckles contributes. Uh, when he can, you know, we've got a great group of photographers, Liz Walter, um, got a few folks who are uh, joining us eventually. Uh, Brian Saldana has done some great work with us. Um, but this group here, uh, Bill Garcia on the left, Matt Bermudez next to her uh, in the middle. We've got my friend Liv here on the right, <laughs> chugging a sugar-free Red Bull before uh, one of these games here. It's just been really great. Um, to sort of reflect on this journey that certainly Seattle Sports has been on. You know, we recently hit a thousand followers on Twitter, and I hope people don't think I'm like ignoring it. That is an important milestone, and uh, we will have a giveaway, a big giveaway for that, uh, to thank people for that. I know we still lose followers here and there, uh, but we're gaining more than we're losing. So that's the important thing, I guess, uh, as we try to provide everybody with the best Seattle sports coverage, uh, not just pro anymore. I know I used to say pro coverage, but I know we're, we've got CSS futures. We, that's kind of, um, that's kind of struggled here lately as you know, been in Peoria, got a lot of content to make. Um, but this group of folks right here uh, has been a big help. Uh, this week, Liv Lyons is our lead photographer. Matt Bermudez is a great, great photographer uh, and video editor. Uh, does some great video production as well. And we, we might see him in a few roles here later down in the seasons. Uh, I don't want to reveal anything yet, but we'll have that later. Bell Garcia has done an amazing job since joining as the co-host of Circling South Sports on Converge and growing into much more than that. You know, uh, 
whether that's you know being a big part of helping with the production of this of certainly tell sports on converge when she's not even on when she can't make it i know it kills her that she can't make it um, on the show she can't be in person because we're in peoria right now um but Bella's taken great, great leaps and bounds. Um, Matt has been an excellent contributor across multiple sports, you know, and across multiple mediums and in, in, in video as well. Um, you know, I told you I was excited to see the March Madness content. They've tackled that excellently um, for a big event in Climate Pledge Arena. So, you know, really proud of them on that. I, you know, I can't say with Liv being the lead photographer uh, has provided great insight, has helped create guidelines. Um, provided tips, helped folks out, helped us branch out, um, and has taken great, great steps in her own journey um, in sports photography, you know, and excited to see where that goes. Um, we've got a great team here. We've got a really great team. Uh, I'm going to put photos up of our folks so that you don't see me crying. Um, live here on the back lots. Tried to catch live line dancing. Wasn't able to get that. So you're going to have to settle with this photo here. But, you know, been a big help down here getting uh, a shot. So that all the folks, the new acquisitions, whether it's Colton Wong or Teoscar Hernandez um, and the minor leagues guys, which those photos will help us with CSS Futures, helping document this. You know, Liv joined us in May and Liv and I worked our first Mariners game May 5th. And now, you know, we're in March. <laughs> we're here at spring training, man, you know. Uh, covering this for CSS and Converge. This is a big deal. Um, we've got Bell here. Bell um, at the uh, Climate Pledge Arena for that game, uh, Louisville and Iowa. I remember <laughs> Bell had reached out to me on LinkedIn before uh, joining us. And, you know, kind of we, we, we worked together as co-hosts and now we work on other stuff. Um, it's been really impressive to see how the past year has gone, let alone when I started this back in 2019 as a podcast. We're doing so much more than we have, and I can only imagine what we'll be doing a month or two from now, let alone a year. There are a lot of exciting things that we're cooking up uh, just in this next week on this notebook I have. I can't show you because I want it to be a surprise. Um, we've got a lot of talented folks on the roster, and we're adding a few more, too. So... I'm just really proud of you guys. Um, I know Bell sees this because she has to edit it, um, but I'm really proud of everybody. I'm really proud. Anyway, wow, I got the light flash so I could cover my tear. That's great. Um, this team has worked really, really hard to provide all this coverage, whether that's the time and the effort and the editing after the photos or the editing of videos or being on site, traveling to places, you know, um, and we're just trying to be the best. You know, there are these other outlets, other folks who claim they're doing this and they don't give respect to the teams that we do. You know, they're not out here like we are. Uh, and something that I, I, I really like that some of the folks, uh, a friend of ours on Twitter, Heather, has pointed out, we've got some great people on this team. Yes, we do. You know, and not just the folks that I've listed. Um, We've got a deep roster of photographers that are really talented folks. So we're not perfect, still working on things. I still <laughs> mistype things on the graphics. Um, sometimes I conk out 
and I forget to schedule a post, but we're working really hard. Uh, the point being, we've gotten better and better every week, every month, let alone every year. So I want to say I'm really proud um, of Bell, Matt, and Liv for this week, let alone their entire past year that we've been doing this, um, as well as the rest of our team here on Circling Seattle Sports and Converge Media. So this is running long. I'm rambling. I cried. We're going to get out of here. Uh, I just hope that um, everybody enjoyed uh, the week. I hope it's been good for you. I know back up in Seattle, we've had interesting weather, so can't wait to get back to the Pacific Northwest and home uh, to begin the Mariners' regular season. The Seahawks are gearing up for another exciting year. The Storm, have again, I want to have hope in the Storm. I think they're a ragtag group, and they're going to be able to prove some folks wrong. The Sounders um, will play on the road against LA Galaxy, but they'll return home, and they've had an exciting start to the season. The Kraken can make the playoffs. They're getting closer every day. Root against the Predators. Um, the rain tough start to the season, but they're returning a bunch of the group that helped them win the NWSL Shield, and uh, they've got a lot of talent there. Um, the Seawolves are 5-0, and and they continue to ramble on. The Sea Dragons have won four straight. Seattle's got a pro cricket team coming along. I love it, man. Let's get out of here before I cry more. Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.